This is the Gospel for Life, where we have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. Around the table today is Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring United Reformed Church, Vinnie Hanke from Valley Life Community Church, and Ryan Hemphill from Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church. To catch earlier broadcasts, just search The Gospel for Life wherever you subscribe. To find out more about this ministry and about our annual conference, go to ReformationBoise.com. Welcome to The Gospel for Life. It is so good to be with you again. As many of you recall, the tens and tens of you, we have been working through a little series on dealing with doubt We talked about being honest with yourself about the nature of truth, remembering that truth has nothing to fear, that even Christians, you know, you don't welcome, even if Christians you know don't welcome or can't answer your questions, there probably are people that can. Third, search your doubt to find its true source, its root. And then fourth, we talked about knowing the true test for Christianity, which is actually the resurrection. Today we're going to look at this idea of that make sure that what you're doubting are things that the Bible actually teaches. And you might mm-hmm. say, well, what do you mean by that? And I'm going to just let my co-hosts answer that. What does this mean? Well, you know, I've, I've heard people talk about them, someone saying, I don't believe in God. And so... The question back to them, tell me what God you don't believe in, because very often their definition of God or who they think God is, is not the God who reveals himself in his word. Yeah, this is the caricature or straw man argument in a debate, right, where you produce something that is a caricature of the real thing. And so sometimes doubts can arise because of false accusation or false descriptions of what Christianity actually teaches. So... Uh, you know, there's one of the Christianity endorses slavery because sl- the word slave is mentioned in the New Testament, but that's not what the Bible actually teaches. Yeah, it might even get you fired from Texas. That's right. Your job as a coach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, 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 if you're I'm against are, the Bible because it's sexist yes. and racist and yep. what mm-hmm. keep going. Yeah. Fill in mm-hmm. the blank. And so making sure that you understand what the Bible actually teaches on those subjects, because it does deal with those and it doesn't deal with them in many of the ways that the world would cast doubt upon its truth. Mm-hmm. I had the opportunity of being a history teacher for over a decade, and and what I found fascinating was that just how quickly people made statements or accusations about things that they really didn't know. Yeah, and just historically, I mean, I don't mean this harshly, but they were just historically ignorant. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wait, I don't actually think you know the the framework of what you're jumping into. And so often in Christianity, it's the same thing. I mean, if you actually read the New Testament in the context from which it was written, mm-hmm. it was revolutionary. Yep. Mm-hmm. Revolutionary with regard to marriage or with regard to slavery, with, with regard, I mean, all of these categories, justice. women and, uh, mm-hmm. and all those things. Yes. Yeah, women, children, sla- I mean, slaves, mm-hmm. all, all of those that culturally and socially, the norms were broken by the Christian faith in their historical context. And then when you fast forward the Reformation, 
how it actually changed in the positive way all of these different arenas within society. And somehow that's been forgotten. And then we latch on to the anomaly, mm-hmm. Luther's statements about Jews. And now all of a sudden, you know, Christianity is racist. Well, wait, can we can we just back up a little bit and, and understand maybe even why Luther said what he said? Now, I'm not defending Luther, but there's a context to it. And how did Luther compare to everybody else that was living in his time period that were reformers? And so those parts always kind of create Mm -hmm. a little bit of head scratching like, wait, no, that's not actually what Christianity teaches or believes or what the Bible endorses. Mm -hmm. And and also, um, you know, there there is this problem that we don't live up to what the, 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 we don't live up in perfect ways to those truths that are found in Scripture. I mean, we fail all the time, which is why people will refer to Christians oftentimes as hypocrites. They like to they like to pull at that thread that is just kind of hanging there and, you know, wanting to unravel the whole faith where you're only evidencing, you know, the fact that there is a sin, there is sin that remains in us. Mm-hmm. Which is just a perfect segue into number six on the the list, which is separate problems with the church or Christians with or from problems with Christianity. Jonathan is hitting the nail on the head. Sometimes our issue isn't with the Christian faith. It isn't what, what the Bible teaches. It's with Christians. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think this is a, a big issue for people that start to doubt is that something happens to them and it maybe like a genuine thing, a wrong that was done to them, or somebody does something, maybe someone in position of a leadership that completely abandons the faith or goes away or does something sinful that completely wrecks people's uh, perception of Christianity. And what we have to realize, then we need to always be going back to Scripture and making sure that our faith is actually in Christ, that we're not placing our hope in the organization itself, we're not placing our hope in the church. And I think we've mentioned before how uh, one of our, our our brothers, previous host here, uh, Pastor Josh Bales, how uh, they would tell members, new members of the church, that they they would be disappointed in the church at some point, and uh, we all need to keep that in mind. Yeah, we watch. I mean, just culturally, we watch leadership, popular leaders fail, and their mm-hmm. churches empty. And for many of those people, that becomes their crisis moment, where they don't just leave the church, but they leave the Christian faith. Mm-hmm. And so it's. There's a vital importance as you wrestle with your doubts to make sure that, again, you're wrestling with what Christianity really is and what the Christian faith really says, and not with the failure of a leader or the failure of an organization, because those those things will fail you. Which is, which goes back, Jesus says, to take care that you don't cause one of these little ones to stumble. Yep, mm-hmm. Mark 10. Which, all, which is pointing to the fact that um, this these are the things that happen. And really, the judgment is going to be upon that person not upon the whole uh, the uh, the whole faith right it's on that person mm-hmm. if you step back and just remove this conversation from christianity and just begin to look at it in, in just a broader arena of life we don't do the same thing with with all other areas i don't stop believing in and then government as an institution and say nope not having anything to do with government because government let me down. 
No, we, we look at it and we say, yep, government did let me down, but I still think it's essential. I think it's necessary and still going to overall support it, even though there are parts of it. And then you can just go down the list. I mean, what, what area of life hasn't let you down? Mm-hmm. What person hasn't let you down? What institution hasn't let you down? And we don't write off all of those people, institutions, and whatever else in any other component of our compartment of our life, like some want to do with Christianity. And, and so it, it seems a little inconsistent. Um, it seems maybe a little bit, if I dare say, illogical to say because of something within the structure, I have to get rid of the entire structure. Mm-hmm. Um, unless you're a hermit, not a Herman, different, <laughs> you, you don't practice this. And so I would just caution and say, maybe be just consistent in, in how you also apply it in, in a religious framework. Mm-hmm. And that may come from the expectation that, you know, we, some people expect the church to be different than those other spheres. And uh, in that we need to remember that the church is filled with sinful people like those other spheres are. Now, thankfully sinners that are being changed and, Sanctified, right. being yeah. holy, but we're all in that process, yeah. and they're coming together. And the amazing thing is, is that God has built His church for two thousand plus years. It also, despite unders- it, yeah, <laughs> it also underscores the need for what many don't like to hear is church discipline, in the sense of, and and what we're ta- talking about is, you know, the declarative that is wrong and this is right, which is what church discipline is. It's you know, there's. No, there's no sword wielded in it. It's just simply calling you know people into account for those behaviors. And interestingly enough, you know the the same person that has a problem with Christianity because of the hypocrites there will have a problem with Christianity because of the uh, calling out of these sins. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know they they will take both sides of that that issue and and say that's their problem with Christianity. And yet Christianity is supposed to solve that problem by addressing sin, calling people to faith in Christ, growth in Christ, you know, more and more let your love grow more and more in all knowledge and discernment so that you can approve the things that are excellent. That's the message of Christianity. There's a discernment that comes from our love of Christ that will uh, cause us to grow uh, deeper and deeper into relationship with him. The seventh item on the list is actually maybe the one that is pet peeve is so strong, but the one that gets me a little bit, it, mm. it's be willing to put the work in to resolve your questions. And sometimes I have people come up to me after church or in a casual conversation, and they'll ask me questions about the faith. Completely fine. I, I'm not that's not the pet peeve. That's completely acceptable. I welcome that. But they'll ask me these huge questions, like the source of evil. Well, we're just in a casual conversation. That That's a topic that it might be the, the greatest conundrum of, of the faith. And they're going to just casually ask it and expect to have it completely be resolved in their mind after a three-minute conversation. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've got a book in my office that is over a thousand pages just on this issue. Mm-hmm. One book. And you have dozens and dozens and dozens of books just like that on this issue. 
And then all of a sudden you're going to ask that question. And then 30 seconds later go, I knew it. Mm-hmm. You don't have an answer. No, if you really are, you, the, the harder the question, the more work you're going to have to put in to get the answer mm-hmm. and be willing to put in that work. Be honest in your inquiry. I think this word, like allowing your doubts to push you into the maturing process of your faith versus the deconstruction of your faith. This mm-hmm. this is the hinge point. If you're not willing to do this step that is put in the work to resolve your questions, well, your doubts will lead you to deconstruction and disaster shipwreck of your faith. But if you're willing to put in the work, meeting with the pastor, digging into scripture, listening to talks and debates on the subject, and really dig in, you can work through and allow your doubts to push you to a more mature mm-hmm. and certainty of your faith. Mm-hmm. There's also another aspect of this that is also a pet peeve of mine of when people actually maybe do work, they may have doubts, but they're they're doing work in the wrong with the wrong sources. You know, people coming saying that they're they've decided to leave the church and you know, you ask them, like, well, how did you work through this? Like what, what type of counsel have you received? And there's been no counsel from a biblical standpoint yeah. that's been sought after and looked after. They've they've kind of gotten into their own little enclave and researched this topic or this issue in all these other sources outside of the church and Christianity, not seeking godly counsel. So they've done a lot of work, but they've done work in the wrong area. And that's also, I think, maybe kind of falls in this category as well. They've entered into an echo chamber. Right. Which You need to seek out yes. actual answers to these things from a biblical perspective. Well, we're running out of time for today. We are continuing to work through this idea of dealing with doubt. If you have any questions or want to give us any feedback, just email us at thegospelforlifeidaho at gmail.com. We'll see you tomorrow.